0: My name is Doug Hewitt Jr. I am the creator and uh, runner of Allen Breeze Media 20. And you can go to media 20com pick up some merchandise, or you can go to kingsofthewastelands.com. I'm on here with Kirk with Two Geeks Talking, and I'm excited to be here.
1: Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Two Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We are joined today by a returning guest. He has not been (laughs) on the show. For a very, very long time. Uh, last time he was on was eight years ago. And pre-pandemic, no one really remembers what happens eight years ago for that matter. <laughs> right. But we're joined today by the ever-talented Del Hewitt Jr., of course, creator of Kings of Wastelands and, of course, Island Breeze Media 20. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Let's get having you back. You know, like we were saying previously, it's it's been far too long since you've showed up.
0: I know, right? <laughs> There's a lot been going on. <laughs>
1: definitely. And we'll definitely get to that in this particular interview. But for those that don't know anything about yourself as a creative person, and of course, as a business owner, tell us who you are and what you're bringing to Two Geeks Software.
0: Yes, I am uh, Del Hewitt Jr. I am a uh, comic book artist, an illustrator. Uh, so I do, I've been drawing comics for a while. I was doing comics for other people and then it wouldn't, be published. So I decided to go out on on my own and do my own thing because I love it and I'm passionate about it. I've been drawing comics for about seven years now, independently. I also do a lot of, you know, freelance work, uh, you know, portraits and things of that nature. I started my own company after breaking from Han Comics to start Island Breeze Media 20, you know, creating apparel and posters and things for my my own projects, my own IP. And so I'm happy with that. I'm I'm excited about doing it and being creative and creating new ideas, stories and art, turning attention to things that I enjoy. So You
1: know, the one thing that I've been doing since uh, we last talked is I've actually been editing things now. So, you know, that's that's, a good thing. Yeah. So it's no, no longer these long winded pauses, et cetera.
0: Editing Mm -hmm. is so tough. I was (laughs) Uh, I started editing myself because um, uh, I have my own YouTube channel. Nice. And, uh, and you know, you have to edit, especially when I'm doing, like, reviews on anime or I'm uh, talking about these different video games and things of that nature. It is tough to edit. You have to add music and cuts and you have to be a director. And it's almost like making a comic, but it's just different because you have to know the editing software. You have to know how to create the different things you want to create. You have to be really tight on your
1: cuts as well, too, because, you know, one miscut or whatever could take a word that you were trying to say. It completely, you know, it's just throws everything off.
0: You know, what's crazy about that is you can go back and you listen to the same area over and over again, the same loop just to get it right. You know, you're like, just before I said a word, cut, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I've had to do here as well, too. It's, it's difficult with interviews like this though in general, and this is a little, you know, a little business behind the scenes type stuff is, um, with video, it's even more difficult because, you know, you're, You're gonna see the jarring nature of a person moving their head as they're talking and all that other stuff. And and you're just trying to link the audio cleanly together because you know, the ums and the ahs and the ands are always the the bane of any existence.
0: I try my best not to do that, and it's so hard because he's so used to doing it. Yeah, you don't think about it until you go into the editing booth and you're like, wow, I said um a lot.
1: or and um and uh but yes. um, and yeah yeah all the all the key horrible words that we were never that we just subconsciously say
0: i don't, um, I don't know if you experience this but like mm-hmm. it's what's the worst when you know um comes like right in the middle of something that you want to keep and it's just like oh, oh no God, I, I, just, I just
1: i just cut i just like take out that um and i piece it all together <laughs> okay yeah, it's just a lot easier that way, and and it, it keeps the message. That's that's the ultimate thing, especially with right. interviews, especially with you rev- doing reviews on your YouTube channel. Which, by the way, what is your YouTube channel?
0: It's uh, UBO um, <laughs> one two seven. I said it all um, again. It's UBO one two seven <laughs> on on YouTube.
1: Nice. It's really difficult because you get into a rhythm, you get into a flow of doing your reviews or of talking with people in general, as as I do, and you eventually find that that rhythm that works for you especially when it comes to just talking about what you're passionate about whether it's anime or comics or, or whatever
0: yes I, I, another thing too that I noticed is equipment make a big difference oh, like yeah. i just got a um a new mic and so with the, my old mic mm-hmm. i wouldn't be able to talk to you like i am now you could hear me clearly mm-hmm. uh, with the old mic you could not because I'm so soft-spoken, you know, my voice is real low, and so the mic just couldn't pick it up, especially at a distance it was at. <laughs> but when you get a good mic, it's just like you can just oh. talk anywhere; it's just free, you know. <laughs> what well, mic did you get? I get the Yeti. That's a beauty. So it's it's really good. I'm very happy with it.
1: And honestly, and this was something, especially when I was doing when I do films and all that stuff, is you can have the best picture in the world, but if your audio is shit. Um, you know, it's not going to make a difference.
0: <laughs> yeah, because nobody can hear you. Exactly.
1: You know, moving on to the creative side of things here, and whether it's your YouTube channel or whether it's as a comic creator or whether it's as uh, making apparel that you that you are, what is the hardest part about being a creative person? Is it the beginning, the middle, or the end of your process?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, probably the middle because you're working on it and... It may take you a while to complete it. For me, I know I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I want it to be like right, you know, look good. It's the wait to bring it out. You know, I want people to see it. I'm excited about it, but I can't tell anybody because it's not ready yet. And so to me, the middle of the process is the toughest for me because I want people to see what I'm working on, but it's not done yet.
1: So how does that translate to you creating apparel and and your designs for that?
0: I don't know. I, I feel like apparel is <clears throat> almost instantaneous for me because you you create the design and you like it and you put it on the apparel and then you put it on the site. So it's like, for me, instantaneous almost. Uh, it's not as tough as doing a comic. A comic takes time. It's like making a movie. You know, you, you can't shoot a movie overnight and, and it'd be good. So it just takes time to develop it. Whereas with apparel, you design it, and you put it out there so it's not the same process in my mind as it is for a comic so
1: so how's the uh, reaction been to your apparel like clothing apparel selling that stuff has never been my strong suit whatsoever so so how's the reaction been to what you've created with island media 20
0: i mean the reaction is good i won't give the illusion i'm super into apparel i think (laughs) i'm i'm like you i'm just like it's all proud of the whole process you can't create uh, IP and then have product for it. You love it and it's your passion, but you you need to make money off of it. You gotta pay bills and things of the nature. So is just part of the job almost you know when you run your own company you're an entrepreneur you have to wear all the hats so <laughs> it's difficult it's part of it that i have to do i mean there's no way around it so it is what it is i guess it's part of the whole process
1: social media always usually plays a, a strong role especially in promotion for not only clothing apparel but also for comics and and putting yourself as as your own personal brand for the most part you know how's social media been helping you at least get the word out for yourselves because i, I see you ever so often on twitter posts but i I'm want to see more of what you're doing unless
0: you change platform well no i i've been for years i have i stopped being on twitter um, mainly because i forgot my password which is really <laughs> bad but recently now doing art full-time you have to get on all social media so i had to get back on twitter figure it out and so now i'm posting more regularly on twitter than i used to a year ago you know so now i'm doing it more often but social media is, is great i mean that's the way you get people to see what you're doing and people will just call or you know call me or email me out the blue i like hey i need a portrait or i need this done or, i need that done like right now i'm working on a 12 co- page comic for 20th place media nice. which is uh run by carlton harger and his brother derek social media is is much needed. I mean, you can't do anything, you know, nobody will know you exist if you don't put yourself out there. <laughs> period. So, so it has been good to me. I'm I'm happy with it.
1: Have you used uh, TikTok yet to showcase your art yeah. process? Like yes, I, that I'm, that's amazing just to see that.
0: Yeah, I I um, been posting on tiktok for a year i guess now um and so whenever i do any kind of artwork because on ipad pro you can make uh 30 second clips which Mm -hmm. is the exact time you need for tiktok Mm -hmm. and so as soon as i finish the project i'll Make the little snippet and put it straight on my TikTok, uh, which is Dell Hewitt Jr. By the way, and you can see the process of creating these different images. So
1: there's a lot of creators that have that have been on this show actually that are on TikTok now, like Scott Christian Savin, all that stuff. And I, I love, I just love seeing the artistic prox- process because it's it's so amazing to see a basic concept that that's just stuck right here just come to life.
0: Yes, exactly. It, it's fun. It, it's definitely um, an enjoyable process for sure.
1: So then, looking at what you've created over the past 15 plus years, because you've, you've been doing this a while, it's yeah. safe to say, looking at how you started to where you currently are, and, and obviously your art progression and your growth as a creative person is is ever evolving, you know, what have you improved upon in your creative process from when you started to where you currently are
0: now? This is why I've been told um, from people who've seen my art, the backgrounds have gotten way better. like. Buildings and things happening in the back. The fact that there's backgrounds, period. You know, like <laughs> when I first started just doing like a splash page, a character, you know, flying or doing whatever. Uh, but now there's, you know, full fleshed out backgrounds and there's they're an the environment. And, you know, so I'm super excited about the growth of that but all of my process have gotten tighter and, and even better. So if you see my stuff, even going back and looking at the video that I did with you eight years ago, <laughs> my art has skyrocketed from back then, you know, it's like, I feel like I couldn't draw back then. (laughs) No, I can actually draw something.
1: (laughs) Obviously we, we follow similar circles when it comes to people in comics and, and people in in animation and everything like that. And there's some very talented people overall. Oh man. it's, and it's just, Okay. Personally, it's seconding because I'm horrible at art, but, you know, <laughs> but I'd love, I'd love living vicariously through these interviews through people like yourself. I, I want to push
0: back on that because okay. a lot of people say that, but the only difference between you and me is there is talent. You know, you have to have a little bit of talent, mm-hmm. but also it's the work. You know, if you put in uh, a thousand hours into something and I put in the hour, there's going to be a huge difference there. You know, like for you, you put in your time into doing interviews and doing, you know, videos. And so your videos and video editing is gonna be way better than mine because I don't have enough experience in it as you do. So, yes, right now you may draw stick figures. That's only because you didn't draw for, you know, years like I did, you know, or yeah. decades actually.
1: Yeah, no, and definitely understandable. And if I were to take the green screen down here, you'd see my art from my time at university, but, um, <laughs> and you'd also see the mess behind me as well too, but that's the second point. What's one part about being a creative person that is misunderstood when you talk to people that maybe don't understand the industry as a as a designer that you are?
0: I oh, mean, there's so many things that's misunderstood <laughs> about uh, being a, a combo creator. I, I think- the first thing is that uh, it's just something you can do like overnight is that it's easy to create. And then one thing about creating comics, it is so difficult. Think about it like this. Every scene, every panel on a one page is like taking a snapshot in the real world. You mm-hmm. need to draw it as such in each panel. And that is tough. You know, it's like a five to six medium illustrations on one page. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of work, you know. And so it takes time. I think if somebody just looked at the fact that I interviewed with you eight years ago and in that eight years I've made, so I had two issues out of Kings eight years ago and now I'm issue five and I also did Ebony Kiss, one issue of that and issue zero, issue one of Collector. Eight comic books in eight years and you would think there'd be more but it's not because it's a lot of work, you know, it, a lot goes into it. So it's not easy as people think. And it definitely not a huge misconception and but art in general is that you can pay me five dollars and that's worth my time. It's like, no, that this stuff is like time consuming, and time is the most valuable thing on this planet. You have to pay me what I'm worth, you know. I had a client tell me last year, like, I think I paid too much for this art. And I'm like, no, this is what it took to do your art. It took a lot of time, a lot of investment, a lot of referencing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scene that you just don't see, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had to explain it so that they would understand. And so I think that's a huge misconception that is you don't have to pay anything for it. Some people try to get you do stuff for free mm-hmm. and that it doesn't take any time. And those are two huge misconceptions. It takes a lot of time yeah. and you should be paid what you're worth. And any artist that doesn't get paid what they're worth is just you know, not wise.
1: <laughs> There's a reverse to that is they feel that they undervalue their work because they don't think that they're worth the money that they think that they should get. And, right. and, and that's a huge aspect of, of why people think art is so cheap. Yes, you're right. Stop taking advantage of the artists, pay them what they're worth, or else you're not going to get what you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Is Kings of the Wasteland complete, or are we still creating?
0: No, no it's, it, it's still creating. I had to, because I'm the only one doing art. So it's like I had to stop doing Kings for a minute once I got to issue five mm-hmm. to work on Collectors, which is a comic that I created way before Kings. I created collectors back in college. So 1997 Mm -hmm. was the first, you know, conception of it. I've always wanted to complete it and complete the idea, but I just would start doing other things, you know. (laughs) It's still a lot more story to tell. So issue five is where they're about to reach the fifth king. I mean, the second king is only in the second story arc. So we have a long way to go because it's like five kings in total. And I I sent you the picture of um, Chidi, who's the second king. He's a lion. They're about to face him. And then the other part, too, is breaking down the power system. Uh, And that takes time as well because the power system is basically tomes or books. Mm -hmm. And that's where they get their powers and abilities from. So um, the story is just at the beginning. It's it's nowhere near complete. So uh, I definitely will continue doing that. I just want to complete issue one of Collectors, which is almost done. I did a Kickstarter for it last month and it reached its goal and creating that as well. So think of it this way. I'm doing Collectors issue one, 12 pages for 20th place media. I'm also doing portraits, illustrations. So I'm doing, I have a lot of stuff I'm juggling at the same time. So I definitely will get back to to Kings pretty soon. I'm just kind of creating an infrastructure for these different comics so that Island Breeze Media 20 will have a line of stories and books that'll be ready to be put out, you know?
1: So you're you're diversifying your portfolio basically is what you're doing from a creative standpoint. Yeah, state. and
0: I didn't want to get burnt out on Kings either because after you do Kings for so many years or mm-hmm. one project for so many years, you can get kind of burnt out. And so I want to do something different and get away from the um, anapomorphic world for a minute <laughs> and go back to humans and the real world for a minute and do something different. But yeah, it's going to continue. And also the business end of it as well. Because So for example, right now you can't get an issue anyway right now. So what I'm working on in the background is creating a situation where I can uh, sell it on Amazon, so okay. I wouldn't have to do anything besides post the comic on Amazon, and then people can go on there and buy it. I mean, so much in business I learned this past year is crazy. So even creating websites, things of that nature, like if you go to My Kings of the Wasteland website, is a page that says shop, and even though it has all the apparel on that page for shop, is actually connected to IslandBridgeMedia20.com, which supplies the items for the shop from my other site. You can get everything from Kings itself. You just, you can't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's linked in the background. Yeah. It's just figuring all that stuff out, the business end of it and how all of that works. And so this has been a huge year as far as business end of it.
1: That's the great thing to see because you are creating yourself Your your brand is what you're creating. You're you're centralizing everything into one basic location, which is the best way to do it. Because why do you want to go to three different sites in order to get one thing? Correct. What was an early experience
0: where you learned that language had power? Hmm. That's a good question. I never thought about that before. Uh, When I learned that language had power, probably reading my first comic, because I never was really big into novels and things of that nature, like books, books. But it was something about, I guess because I'm an artist, it was something about picking up uh, illustrated version of, of writing or storytelling. I think that's what did it for me. Uh, and of course, later on, I got into actually reading books. But that's what really pulled me in and, and let me see the power of, of words on a paper in addition to the illustrations, you know, them combined, um, you know, and it was the whole uh, uh, Dark Phoenix saga by mm-hmm. John Byrne run was probably the first story that pulled me. And I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta see what's going to happen. What's, what's going to happen next? You know, is is she going to kill them all or what's what we going to do? And, you know, all that stuff. So I yeah. would probably, be it if I had to, pick one the, the first book that really blew me away was that i got into it was probably jurassic park the actual book mm-hmm. because in that first book it actually covered the first three four movies but unless you read the book you would never know that like they had camouflage dinosaurs in that first book like the stuff that it, it had to t- it took time for technology to catch up with what he was writing Back yeah, then The third film wasn't that great. So I'm just saying. Well, they were trying to do Hollywood. Every scene, it had like blockbuster or Toyota. You know, it was it was about advertising and Hollywood and stuff. It wasn't about the story. The story itself has always been solid.
1: I guess they're they're wrapping up with a, a final movie now to kind of
0: yeah. My that. my youngest son is a dinosaur fanatic. Okay. <laughs> And so we've been looking forward to this movie for this whole year. So I'm taking all the kids, pile them up the car, and we're going to go to see that movie, the final one. He's sad to see it because he loves dinosaurs. That's Mm -hmm. his thing. Trust me. I've bought him so many of those Jurassic Park figures, and that is such a racket. Like, they're so smart. There's this app that you can download. And it's like you have to collect them all. Like, if you get, if you buy, if you buy the individual toy, it has an a imprint on the paw that you can scan on the app. And the app will acknowledge that you have that character and you can play that character in the in the game. So it's become like a Pokemon collect them all kind of thing. There's like, for all parents, that is the toughest thing because like you have to buy every single dinosaur. Like, <laughs> didn't I just buy you that Raptor? No, no, no. This is, this is a special you know, edition Velociraptor. And I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> what you need to do is see if there's something on Reddit with these codes on the feet and see if the app will recognize those.
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Wow, so smart! <laughs> I don't think i will be able to get away with that, but you know, it would be nice to, to have every dinosaur and, and yeah, an app, just, I'm Just,
1: sure. just test it out, see if it works, and you know, go, kind of go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always find nameology fascinating when it comes to comic creations and, and character generation and everything like that. And, and you've had some amazing names in in the past as well, too. And I'm sure you're going to come up with some. Uh, more in the future. But how did you come up with the names with some of your comic characters?
0: With collectors, since that's recent, um, the main character is Bantu, and I came up with that by researching, you know, um, looking at different African names and what they mean. And But with Kings, I didn't do anything creative. I just, you know, named them. I just, on the fly, too. It wasn't like I sat there and did any research. It was just like, I'm going to name the main character, Jacob. I'm going to name the, his sidekick, Millie. You know, she's a girl. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm we'll name the turtle Gibb. Actually, you know, there's a story behind Gibb. I love NCSI, mm-hmm. and the main character is Gibbs. Yeah. So I kind of took from that because I, I, I like the character. And so it's my homage to NCIS. For Ebony Kiss, I didn't create Ebony Kiss. My best friend did before he passed away. And so mm-hmm. he came up with a name. But usually when I want to come up with a name, I, I do research on it and look and see what how I could connect the story to the name kind of thing.
1: But what was an underappreciated medium that you couldn't get into at first when you first read it, but you appreciated it later in life?
0: I, I don't know if I couldn't get into it because I definitely was into it. I, I just didn't have the resources to acquire it. And that would be anime. Like mm-hmm. I'm a huge anime fan. I love anime. But in the Virgin Islands, I couldn't acquire it. I couldn't even get it. So I would have to, like, you know, watch what we deemed uh, back then as anime, which is like, Messenger on the Spanish channel. I mm-hmm. didn't understand it, a word of Spanish, but I just loved the art of it. And so um, G-Force, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't until I became um, senior in high school, one of my friends got a hold of this VHS tape that had tons of anime on it. And I just burnt that VHS tape out. I had that for years. It had a Fist and arc Star on it, mm. Vampire Hunter D, mm-hmm. Lensman. Mm. And I would watch that tape to oblivion. You know, I just loved it. But as far as appreciation for something, I probably have more of appreciation now for music. I never really was into music growing up, but I liked it. And it wasn't until I got to high school that I got into music and hip hop and stuff like that. So like even now working with some people to create music for collectors. So um, I want to add hip hop to what I'm creating, you know, I also want to do animation for uh, my stuff as well. So it's just expanding my love for hip-hop and music to a different level where i connect it to my art and what i'm doing now it'll probably be
1: music you have a long-ranging goal for what you want to accomplish creatively though.
0: absolutely yeah yeah, That's at, awesome. at the end of it i would love to have a full-length animated movie of kings of the wasteland and collectors and all the stuff that i've worked on like i would love to have it animated and you know well i'm and have a full-length feature of it, you know. I love uh, the fact that... Uh, I don't know if you know Sanford Green. He is a comic artist for Marvel. DC. He's working on um, Spider-Verse, the second movie. Yeah. He has his own comic called Bitterroot, which is amazing. And he just got the green light to have it made. And they have the director for Black Panther going to direct it. Wow, sweet. That is... A dream, you know, and that's like wow, okay, you can go to the movie theaters and see what you've created. That's incredible. So, what is your creative kryptonite? Oh, probably writing. I'm not <laughs> the best writer. <laughs> I, I can come up with the concepts, and I love the character designs and you know, creating this world and world building. But to actually write a story, that's why I get other people to do it because I'm not good at that. So that would be my kryptonite is actually writing a story. I am da- in the background dabbling in it and trying to figure it out. But, you know, I'd rather put it in the hands of somebody who has spent the same amount of time I've spent drawing, writing, you know. And so that's why I got uh, Ken Burns to to write Kings of the Wasteland because he's a writer. That's what he does. So might as well let him do what he does and I do what I do, you know.
1: At what point are we good enough?
0: Uh, I, I, well, that's a deep question. I I don't think we ever will, at least for me, feel I've, I've arrived. I've gotten to the point where I'm, you know, <laughs> fully happy. But, you know, I, I think I'll relate it back to art. When I'm drawing a piece, it's hard for me to stop doing it because I want, I'm such a perfectionist. I want to zoom in a hundred times and make sure I correct every line. And at some point you have to say, you know what, this is good. You know, I need to move forward. And so I don't think you ever would truly be completely happy with everything that's going on in your life. But um, I think you have to be happy enough to say, okay, I've done what I can do here. Let me move on and keep moving forward because you can't. Stall and be in one spot for the rest of you. You have to grow, you know, and not to grow, you have to move forward. I think a lot of times we defeat ourselves, you know, almost a mental battle within ourselves. And I think we need to stop fighting ourselves and just move forward and do the best you can do. If it wasn't for me being happy with where the website is, then I'll be tinkling with it to this day. it's like, I don't have time to just sit here and stall on the website. Like, I got to. Keep creating, and that's what keeps me happy. It's like just creating and making something bigger and better. How do you think the birth of creativity was formed? Passion. You're passionate about something, and you're going to create? I think I feel like that's how the wheel was made. It's like somebody was passionate about, like, hey, I need to travel. How can I do that faster? And Let me invent something to help me with that problem. There's a problem that comes up and have to get in the creative juices to solve the problem. And I think that's how creativity was birthed resolution
1: what is one mistake that you'll never ever do again in your lifetime
0: wow hmm. oh, that's, a, that's a good one um probably just would never doubt myself for me i internalize everything and so more than anybody on the outside can i'll beat myself up on the inside and be like i think it's a situation where i'll never stop myself from doing what i love to do doing what i'm passionate about doing like and I think it's eternal that we create these barriers for ourselves that don't exist and stop us from being great. The reason why people like on the history books is because they didn't stop themselves from being creative and doing what they love to do. When you asked me a question, I you know, related back to, I remember going to Dragon Con one year. And this is probably a year before I had interviewed with you. And, and I saw Sanford Green, who I know, I've known him since 1997. I was visiting his booth and he, you know, he had he was doing comics for Marvel and stuff like that. And I was showing him my sketchbook and he was like, you should be behind the table doing this. You know, your stuff is good. It wasn't until I got the encouragement that I actually went forward to, I can do it. You know, I can go forward and, and make this happen. But before then, I was just like, oh, I'm not good enough. This stuff is just... You know, my stuff isn't as good as that guy stuff or that guy stuff, you know? And so I end up stopping myself. And then when I made the decision to like, I'm doing this and that's when everything just kind of took off, you know, that's when Kings was created. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to follow my passion, what I love to do and not stop myself.
1: And here you are.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Fear, fear is a powerful thing, you know, but you can't let it control you.
1: Definitely. It can be crippling in not only the mental, but physical aspect as well too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone always asks, you know, what's the wisest piece of advice or what's the most bullshit piece of advice that you've received? I'm going to go in a different direction. What is the second wisest piece of advice that you've received that has stuck with you in your career?
0: You're never too old to go after what you love to do. You know, one of the things that was stopping me at the time was I'm like, well, I'm too old to start, you know, making my own brand or start comics or you know that kind of thing and so for a while i was just like working and paying bills and taking care of the family like but i wasn't pursuing what i love to do and i think the second best piece of advice is you're never too old to pursue your passion go after what you love to do and there's nobody stopping you but yourself if it doesn't work you'll pick yourself up and you'll keep moving like you know it's not the end of the world
1: Everyone has one person that inspired them on their path to where they are today. Who was that for you?
0: Um, my first inspiration would probably be Jim Lee. For, for the first time, I saw his work in Punisher War Journal. I've always loved his art. His art is phenomenal. And then to see him now on top of DC Comics is just you know to see the journey with Image Comics and now executive at DC Comics. That's That's incredible, you know, Uh, It's very inspiration, not just the art wise, but, you know, business and professional wise, that's a a huge inspiration. Definitely Sanford Green, I talked to him before. I've seen him when, before he got into comics, before he was with Marvel and stuff, and he works super hard, you know, and so he got to where he is for a reason. You know, he's amazing artists and very inspirational. Also inspiration for me is, I would say Stanley too, because he created X-Men and X-Men is just a huge, I've always loved X-Men, Wolverine specifically. It's just amazing. So I have a lot of inspirations out there. A lot of people that I look up to and I love a lot. Also, um, the whole Milestone era as well. I never realized how important it was to have Black heroes, you know, especially for growing up. All I had was Luke Cage and Falcon, Jon Stewart. To have a whole line of comics that focus on minorities being the heroes is just a phenomenal thing, you know. Dwayne McDuffie and all the men and women um, that worked on Milestone is inspirational, you know. It's just great. And actually, one of my friends from college uh, he challenged me to create a black superhero and that's where collectors came from that came out around that time so just like that to me was very inspiration that'll be my inspiration (laughs)
1: Uh, because you haven't been here for so long I'll, i'll let you i'll let you have the four that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> call it, call it uh one for every two years that you haven't been on the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. <laughs> from a professional standpoint, you are a business owner. You are a comic creator, illustrator, graphic designer, talented individual in the arts, and you've had many successes professionally in your career from many different comics that you have created as well, too. So in that regard, you are professionally successful. Do you consider yourself personally successful?
0: Personally? um, Apart from business, for me, I would say so. Um, Mainly because of my children. like To have four children and have them be amazing people and help them grow to... Man, I'm about to have my first high school (laughs) (laughs) child. So it's like, man, to see them grow up from babies to, to almost adults is... Uh, professional, you know, success. I mean, that, that is great. Like, it's hard to be a parent and be a creative. um And then to see your kids be creative, too. You know, I have two of my kids are, are artists. You know, they draw. It's just amazing. Like, when my daughter first received the Artist of the Year Award, I was like, what? You draw? <laughs> Who knew? You know, they're my everything. I, I love them. And they're definitely a huge... Positive for me. So, yeah, I'll consider my children to be a personal success for sure. (laughs)
1: Uh, The reverse of success is failure. How do you deal with your failures?
0: Uh, Use it to grow. You learn from your failures, and you just, oh, next time I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to get this to be better. You know, for me, it's about stay positive and finding a solution. That'll work next time. Failure isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's it's a learning experience. That's how I take it. I don't take it in a bad way. I take it as, you know, okay, it didn't work this time, but I'll try something different next time, and hopefully it'll work that time. I take it as a learning experience and a a situation where I can grow from.
1: The younger generation is looking at your work, and they're becoming inspired to be creative in their own way, and the fact that you've already inspired the younger generation to be artists and creative in their own way and... With your kids uh, is is an amazing accomplishment in itself. How can they inspire the generation that follows them?
0: You know, I remember this question. Uh... <laughs> Shit. I thought you wouldn't. <laughs> I remember this because that that's such a unique question. You know, you don't hear that you know a lot. Um... <laughs> oh, sure. After eight years, you remember right. one out of everything that we've done. <laughs> Right. All right. (laughs) Because when you ask the question, all I can think of is, I've heard that before. That's, that's, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, at least some of my questions stick in some people's minds. I like that. That's a good thing. It means it's a good question. I
0: remember that one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
1: All right. (laughs) And I said it so well, dude.
0: (laughs) You're killing me, Swan. You're killing me. All right. Uh, Legacy. You know you leave you need to leave something behind to be inspired by you know because you're not obviously it's that next generation will inspire the next and so it's about leaving behind a legacy or something that will inspire them for example one of my best friends grew you know, from college um bernard passed away in 2008 from liver cancer and I didn't want his legacy to go by the wayside, so I took his story and created, you know, and and made it, Ebony Kiss, because I wanted everybody to remember him, because he's such an amazing person, I didn't want anybody to forget him or his ideas and things he's created, I made sure that book was made, and that was to... Inspire people to know that there's people out there that you don't even know about that may have passed away are worthy of remembering and and worthy of of using to push yourself forward and being creative and creating something, you know, too. Well,
1: I do have one last question before we wrap up this particular interview. And I do greatly appreciate you, Doug, for coming on the show. As so I said Thank before, you for having me. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. It's been far too long, seriously. And I'm great. I'm so glad to see your progression as, as an artist and a creative person and now business owner as well, too. And, you know, I, I can only foresee greater things coming in the future for you, I, I believe. For sure. So the last fun one is something that's rather interesting because you're you you've touched upon your passion for film and you've touched upon your passion for music as well too so this ties in very well because the question is if your life was a movie what would its title be and Mm. what would its soundtrack be
0: the movie title would be following your passion or maybe 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 just passion and uh the soundtrack would be a mixture of Reiki and hip-hop inspired songs. Um, you know, I have those soundtracks that like inspired by the movie, you know, uh, it would be one of those things, one of those soundtracks. I feel like passion, you know, it doesn't have that je ne sais quoi. I don't know. I, I can't think of it right now. Passion, uh, I think that's one thing that's driven me. For a long time, is passion. Whenever I'm passionate about something, I just I go after it. I do it, and I love it. I've always been passionate about art from the time I was a little kid. Even though there have been times where I've been down on myself, I have never stopped doing it. I've always been inspired to do it.
1: Well, Dell, I do hate to say this. That ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I do greatly appreciate
0: it. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I I appreciate you. And we definitely do this again, for sure.
1: (laughs) Before I let you go, because this is definitely how we have to almost end the show, is where can we find you and how can we support you online and, of course, through
0: the internet? Well, I have a perfect answer for that. So you can go to alanbreezemedia20.com to pick up a pair of merchandise you can uh, support channel by going to my UBO127 channel and subscribing to there. Or the Del Hewitt Jr. YouTube channel, subscribing to there. Actually, subscribe to both. Why not? Like, comment, subscribe to those. You can also go to kingsofthewastelands.com and check out the comic. And there's a whole store section. You can have at it. Go crazy. That's the best ways to do it.
1: Good stuff, and like uh, like we said earlier, you know, come back on anytime, you're always welcome here on, on Two Geeks Talking. Of course, you can find this interview and a thousand plus others literally on our website, tgtmedia.com, or of course on twogeekstalking.com, because why not have two names, it's just easier. <laughs> and of course, on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash tgtmedia. And that's a lot more updated than our website because I'm only one person, so give me a break. Other than that, as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on Two Geeks Talking.